We don't just want to make buses great, we want to enable buses to make our towns and cities great. And that's where the opportunities surely are. Welcome to the Freewheeling Podcast, the place for free-thinking ideas in transport and mobility. My name is Thomas Abelman, and each week I'll bring you fresh voices, new ideas, and unconventional thinking. So let's get started now with this week's edition of the Freewheeling Podcast. My guest this week is one of the leading bus managers of his generation. Everywhere he goes, he brings a whirlwind of ideas, imagination, and let's face it, some cheesy questions. He runs some of the most improved bus companies in Britain and was already telling the world that buses were clean, safe and ready to go, but much of the industry was still putting out hazard tape. Here's Alex Hornby, the Chief Executive of Transdev UK. Alex, welcome to the Freewheeling Podcast. Thank you, Thomas. And somehow I've got to follow that now, haven't I? You're, you're far too kind. <laughs> well, let's, let's go back a bit. You're, you're now 15 years into a career running bus companies. What's the thing you know now that you wished you'd known when you were first starting out? Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? You can tell you haven't let me prepare for this, haven't you? So um, I think <laughs> I want all, you honest all, answer. all along, I have known it, it has been about people. And I think the thing that I've learned now that I'm in the position um, that I'm fortunate to have got in now is that it is about just totally about getting the right team of people around you who who believe in what um, you're trying to do, the company's trying to do, um, to the point that you can then get into a real position where you can delegate and allow people to um, be feel empowered in what they do and actually they go out doing it in their way. Um, whereas I always, um, I, I felt a bit in the beginning um, and particularly when you're younger and you start off as well, you, you sort of think you're the only one with the ideas. And actually, when you actually talk and take the time to understand people and understand what makes them tick and what makes them thrive, you can get them in great environments. And you can also learn as well that there's, you don't know everything. And, it, and it's good to let um, to get other skills um, and, and people around you who are better than you as well. There's no harm in that. that, I, that I've learned that too. Um, and, and certainly the team that is around me here now at Transdev, Blazefield, um, certainly our, our, te- our team of four in amongst our fabulous team of 1,200, um, our team of four directors, we all bring such different things to the party. And I think in the past, um, I, I might have felt a little bit um, strange about that, but I think I, I've truly learned now that it, it is about getting the right team of people around you who are often better than you at some things but ensuring that you bring something to that important to that party as well that there is important. But ultimately, the one lesson that never that, that, that never goes away, it's all about people. It's about having the right people around you. It's about understanding what people want from you, both in terms of your colleagues and your customers. That is a lesson that never goes away, but make sure they're the right people that, that help you um, deliver what needs to be done for the company, for the customers. Um, and, and, and yeah, make sure that, that, that they're better than you at some things too. I remember at Chilton Railways, um, we had this extraordinary exec meeting one year when for the first time ever, everyone had hit their targets. And we were kind of going around, you know, commercial had hit their targets, engineering had hit their targets, performance had hit their targets. And we kind of suddenly realised that this wasn't a coincidence. And it was actually, you know, I as commercial could hit my targets when engineering hit theirs and performance could hit their targets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was kind of a remarkable realisation that this is a team effort. And at Children, we had this fantastic, diverse team as well. What do you, from your perspective, what makes a, a, a great team in this industry? Um, I, think, I think the best people are the people that come to you, aren't they? The people that see what, what you're trying to do as a company 
and knock on the door and say, can I be a part of that? Um, and certainly um, our, our, our senior management team here are all people like that. They, they, have, they have come to us and there's no better advert um, as an employer for just your existence, you know, without you having to beg and plead um, and, and employ people to go and find, you know, great people out for you. Um, and I'm really chuffed that certainly the, the immediate team um, around us leading the business are all people like that. Um, and so, you know, and I'm sure, you know, often I'm sure, you know, I get my leg pulled about how, how you know, the profile we try and keep as a business, both inside to the industry and to outside. But I think that isn't a coincidence then that we do get great talent knocking on our door saying, can I come and be a part of that, please? Um, and so, yeah, I, I would always um, more try and concentrate on being good and honestly being good rather than trying to write a press release telling you good and, and hoping that somebody believes it. Because there's then no better advert beyond that than saying, well, actually, most of the people that work for us, you know, we're attracted to us by what we do, not by what we told them we did. And you make it sound so easy. Um, but if it was, everyone would be doing it. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that. it hasn't been, it hasn't been easy. Um, and I think it has took time. You know, we're six I'm six years in to um to, to my role here as an MD, and it's took time for us to truly get where where we want the, the business to be. Um and I think one of the things that we concentrated on, you know, we concentrated on what I'd say are the easy in inverted commas bits in terms of concentrating on the product, because you know, thanks to you know all I all I learned up to that point in my career, um, you know, with great people at Stagecoach, at Go Ahead Group, and then at Trent Barton, you know, I, I begin to get a good sense of ideas to what customers want from a product, and so we concentrated a lot on product. Firstly, and I think some people may say that's the wrong way around because we probably should have really gone hell for leather on concentrated on getting our people with us, and we had to take we had to grab there were there were a few easy wins in terms of product here where we could improve the product because Transev was willing to invest. And actually, in truly getting the team right and the people right, that, that I'd say has taken us the time. And I think we're only really, really getting into our swing now, I would say sort of four to five years on. So easy, I don't know, but it takes longer than what you think is what, is what I'd always And have there been any, think. you know, be, be open and honest, there's only me and hopefully lots of other people listening. Uh, any, any big failures on the way? What are the big things you look back on and say, oh God, Wish we'd done that differently. Wish we hadn't done that. Well, you, you get you don't you you do you get a bit you get a bit excited when you start, don't you? And you have you think every one of your ideas is is going to work. And actually, to be fair to Transdev, they gave us so much empowerment and said, "Well, just try things, go out and try things." I'd really supportive managers and to be fair, really supportive team here. We said, "Yeah, let's go out and try things," and we did. We got really excited about thinking, um, you know, mini intercity would solve every problem. Um, and we tried, um, we tried a, another, you know, Cities Up Leeds York was a big success. We thought, I know we'll do Cities Up Leeds Manchester. We did a lot of research and said people wanted it. And uh, guess what? We did it. And not, <laughs> not a lot of people wanted it. Uh, and I think what, but I would say um, as an idea, I don't think it was a failure. I think it was more a failure, the fact that we didn't stick with it. Um, but obviously to stick with it, um, as as you, as you know yourself, um, with some of these um, new routes and, and things that people aren't necessarily used to, it does take time. And I think probably where we did get it wrong was we probably should have put a, a longer settling in period for it. Whereas I think we said, oh, no, this will be working well within six months. 
and actually, you know, these type of things take take years. But it's it's really interesting that I, I do believe in sort of what I call sort of mini intercity, um, the sort of regional city to city links. I mean, it's really interesting to see that Stagecoach got it right with uh, with Falcon down in the southwest. Um, and so these things stick in certain places, and in some places uh, they don't. Um, and I think you know, and I think there's there's something about cities as well. That I think you talk to people and say, yeah, you know, people in Leeds want to go to Manchester, people in Manchester want to go to Leeds. Some cities don't have that magnetism. I think sometimes, um, you know, we we looked on that we looked at the trains between Leeds and Manchester. They were packed full, I and mean, we're like, people will want, you know, people will use the bus. Um, and um, but you know, it, it it wasn't to be. So yes, I think you know, we did we did throw quite a few ideas out there. But you know, it was all it was all done with the best of intentions and with quite a lot of research behind them as well. But I think the lesson that we did learn is when things aren't working, just get out and move on. And I actually credit um, Sir Brian Souter with with my inspiration for things like that because I remember listening to him. Um, well, I've you know read a lot. We always anytime Brian Souter speaks, I'm, I'm, I'm um, one of the first to queue to listen to him. Um, and I remember one of the things he always said about buses was that. They're, they're, they're mobile shops if it doesn't work you know try it but hey you can pick them up put them somewhere else and 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 i think that's that's something that i don't think we do enough of as an industry you know shops and rail and lots of other things that that like to try out ideas and should try out ideas um aren't is in a fortunate position for that we've got the benefit of a, of a registration period to to move our mobile shop quite quickly uh, and I think we, we we did a little bit of of, of of thinking along along that vein early on in my tenure here. Um, and some worked, some didn't. The ones that didn't, we moved on quickly. And the ones that worked, you know, we we flogged and flogged and and, and carried on pushing. Um, and pleased to say, the other cities app, you know, worked so well that we've just spent um, a million odd quid in brand new buses on there. So um, you know, I think it's it's all about trying to. Um, I think we should never be afraid. To um to to find ideas after and and pushing ideas out once we've done our research, but equally not as afraid to to shoot what we may think are are, are our are our lovely ideas if they don't work. Why do you think the industry isn't so good at trying new ideas? I mean, I think the the shooting things probably quite strong, but as you said, you know, there's you know there's there's so much opportunity out there, and none of us quite know where it is, and you can feel your way to it in different places, but it it relies on lots and lots of people trying lots of things all over the country, and you don't always see that. What 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 is it about the bus sector? Do you think that means that that doesn't happen as much as it might in some others? I think I think sometimes we 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 aren't as patient with things, and certainly. Um, and I, well, I think it all depends on in, in the cultures that you're working. Like I remember the, the, the time that, that 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 I was at Stagecoach was in the sort of um, and okay, I was only a, I was only a junior manager. I didn't really get to do um, anything as exciting as devise routes and things like that. But uh, boy, did I learn my craft at being a, a a man manager in an inner city Manchester bus depot. Um, and I'm really going off subject now, so I'll, I'll get back on topic. Um, why why do people? I think I think it's because. Um, I think that there was a lot of entrepreneurs at the time that were that were, that were running the businesses, and, and often it was their businesses. So you look, for example, at Brian Suter and Stagecoach, and, and and Les Warnerford at Stagecoach. You know, they were people that had so much intuition, and it was their businesses. So they 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 just they 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 saw something and they went for it. And I guess they didn't have that fear um, of if it failed because it was almost their business. And I, I guess um, I wonder sometimes now whether um, are we always creating the right environment for things? 
Um, are we truly creating a, an entrepreneurial environment? Is it possible to create an entrepreneurial environment um, when um, there are, you know, when 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 shareholders um, um, and and sort of big um, uh, people holding big interest in these businesses that aren't necessarily involved in the bus industry are in charge of, uh, you know, they're the people you've got to report to back at the stock market and so on, um, who just want to see their returns. Um, and I think that's sometimes where there may be that 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 reticence to do so because there is just such a pressure to deliver results, rightly so, perhaps. Um, but therefore, in order to have that certainty of delivering results, people maybe don't want to be too brave enough to rock the boat and come up with what may be perceived as wacky ideas or new ideas that they're not so certain um, may may work. Um, now, fortunately, you know, I, I've I've again I've worked in environments. Where I have I have had brave managers who may have been brave enough to employ me, and then B have been brave enough to to let ideas go. And certainly the environments that I, I was in at Stagecoach and Go Ahead and, and Trent Barton, as I say, and now here, you know, I, I am fortunately surrounded surrounded by brave people who, who who think on a similar wavelength that we shouldn't be afraid to try new ideas when the environment's right. I think in more recent times, and obviously the position that that we find ourselves in now with COVID. Is that you know I think even more so that that risk is um, is something that, that that people perhaps aren't aren't as willing to take. I think you've got to remember as well in the early there was a real um, boom period for buses where um, we were getting really good growth everywhere, and so people thought, well, I know we can we we can try that and try that and try that because all my best products are all grown anyway, and 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 we're getting great returns and everything. It means we can invest, and it means we've got a bit more. Time, energy, and 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 funding, um, and ability to 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 withhold, um, those um those new products as well, perhaps. So it is it is probably a bit of a combination of things, but I think over time as well, the bus industry is beginning to lose a generation of entrepreneurs, which I think is 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 a bit sad for us. Um, I think we we lamented about some of the retirements that that, that we're seeing. And I think you know some of these people are the people that, that uh, to be fair, it, it certainly inspired me over my career, and and I, and I do hope some of that does does live on, um, because we certainly haven't got all the ideas, and I, and I'd much prefer to be part of an industry where I'm looking around, wondering where the next idea is going to come from, um, and 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 being inspired from it. And it's a really interesting question. You know, we talk about you talk about the city there and the fact that it needs regular returns, and therefore that's all we can do, and. If you look at Google, Amazon, they're owned by um, the, the stock market as well. But the perception is that these are massive growth sectors and they are priced and rewarded for investment and growth, whereas very obviously the bus sector is not. The bus sector is seen as a utility where no growth is really expected. And so the stock market treats it as such. Do, do you think that, in inverted commas, the market is wrong and actually there is a lot more growth potential in bus if bus was invested behind? Or... Is it right? You know, fundamentally, we are we are where we are, and it's not really it's not really possible that it could change. Um, well, I, I I think I mean it's 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 hard to say sometimes what is the right model because you won't find me necessarily always saying that the deregulated model is always right. We have thrived in it, and certainly personally, I enjoy um, working in the environment we're in, the deregulated. Um, commercial sector of the bus industry, but I think sometimes we have to accept where that 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 doesn't work, and where sometimes the industry has not necessarily covered itself in glory. And when that 
um, threat of intervention happens, it's how we deal with it rather than just putting uh, <laughs> pulling the drawbridge up and getting our placards out. Um, and I think sometimes we have to accept where we're not so great at things or have the ability to change. And certainly in the area that, that we're in across the north, we see all sorts of shapes and sizes as to how, how the bus sector is run and how it should be run. Um, both in terms of, you know, we've got um, two um, well, PTE stroke combined authority um, organisations that we deal with, one in Greater Manchester, one in West Yorkshire, both very different approaches, uh, but both believe that, 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 that they're right. And then we deal with um, all manner of things from county councils, some with dedicated transport people units in, some with a transport unit that's, that's, that's one bloke that also has to look after highways. And so you get this real sort of mosaic of, 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 um, of, of approaches where not, not um, certainly when with, with the pandemic, all had very different ways of doing it. Some were trying to tell us what to do and some, and some were waiting for our plan. And we said, they said, that's great. You know, could, you know, what do you think about what this operator is doing? Have you got a view on that? And so you do that. We had this real massive extreme about, you know, the, the approach in terms of how, how you should, how you should deal with things. I think, I think the right approach is a partnership approach in terms of it allows everyone to bring their strengths to the table. There are some things that the local authority can do and achieve in a better way than what a bus operator can achieve um, and, and vice versa. Um, I certainly, I, I'm, I'm, I think we, we are approaching the days um, where I think it is better that we sit around a table and plan networks in some areas, particularly in the, in the dense urban areas. We, we serve a town in West Yorkshire where it's obvious that the local authority has planned their tendered network and it's obvious where we as the commercial, the main commercial bus operators in that town have planned our network. And actually, if one person had planned one network, that might look a little bit different and actually might be better for the customer. And so I think it's, it's, a, very, um, it's a very complex uh, answer to a complex question as to what we think the right environment for doing so is. But... I would, I suppose, the the simple answer to it is an environment where everyone can play to their strengths, and hopefully, the strength of the commercial bus operator is bringing some level of entrepreneurialism, creativity, long term thinking, um, um, and and eye on growing customers. Um, that I think that that's that's truly where we as the commercial sector ought to be. I mean, one of the things you talked about there was partnership. And one of the things I really like what you do um, is that you publish a vision for how urban areas could look um, if buses were given their proper role in the context of all the other transport modes. And one of the things that feels to me incredibly important is that the bus industry shows a position of leadership and says, this is this is our vision. Will you join us? And how can we be part of yours? Uh, and, and I haven't seen that anywhere else. You know, you, you know, I'll, I'll I'll link to it after this podcast so people can see it. But you've got a fantastic, really simple little pictographic vision um, of the ideal urban space. And I've seen very similar things from all over the place. I'm seeing it from the cycling lobby. I've seen it from uh, various charities, um, people like Sustrans and government agencies and researchers. But I think I've ever seen one like that from a bus company before. I thought it was really great to see that. Well, thanks. So I think, I think, again, I think our, our belief and our and it's it sort of starts, you know, our belief in our brand and where do we see ourselves. I remember one of the, one of the questions uh, I, I was given in my interview for this job was, you know, how do you see the business? What's your vision for the business? 
my vision is I want our bus companies to be the best things about the towns and the cities they serve. And if you truly think that, you have to be, your, your brands have to be positioned like that. So when we write the Harrogate Bus Company or the Blackburn Bus Company on the side of our bus, it isn't just letters on the side of a bus, it's who we want to be. So in the towns we're in, we want to be an asset to the town. We want to be, you know, thing, thing that everyone in the towns points to and is happy that that's the bus company say in the town. That's the thing that, that brings people together. And then to truly be like that, you have to accept that when you want to do partnership and when you want to grow and when you want people to share and, and believe in your vision, you don't just talk to the transport authority or the local authority, whoever that may be. You have to, you have to say, I'm not just trying to make buses better. I want to make the town better. And therefore, that's where the vision has to be much wider than that. Um, you know, we try and use, you know, if, if, you, if, you have a, if you have a look at the Build Buses Back Better uh, brochure, don't say that after a drink. Uh, if you have a look at that, um, where, um, <laughs> where um, you know, you'll see that some of the examples we've tried to illustrate, you know, in Harrogate, you know, really, really fortunate. We won, we won the um, we won funding, DFT funding to, um, to introduce electric buses. It wasn't part of a partial authority. It was something we wanted to do for the town of Harrogate. We wanted to bring Harrogate electric buses because we thought it would resonate with the town. We thought we'd get customer growth by having electric buses. We didn't just want to tick a box and say, hey, you know, we're great. We've got electric buses. There was, a, there was quite a bit of it from us trying to understand more about electric because this was a few years ago and trying to get into the mindset of what, what it takes to run electric buses and, and understand um, the operation of that, yes, that was in there as well. But it, it was it was more based on saying if we put electric buses in a town like Harrogate, it, it should land with the people of Harrogate. And then when we did it, um, we've got ten percent growth in customers. We specified the buses right. We plant trees with all the conservation authorities here. You know, we plant trees to celebrate so many zero emission miles we've done. We've um, you know, we work with all the other great brands in Harrogate. You know, we work with Betty's, we work with Harrogate Spring Water, we work with Singsby Gin. They sponsor free buses on a Sunday um, because it's about us trying to bring people into the town and support the town. And I think, therefore, then, when you're saying what do we want to do next with the business and how do we get come out of this crisis in the best way, it's, it's, it's that sort of mentality of saying this isn't just about working with transport authorities. It's about working with everyone that has a stake in trying to make towns and cities successful and wants to move people and has to move people. So it's about the business improvement districts. It's about the big employers. It's about the big shopping centers. It's about the big schools. Um, it's about other, other transport providers that Shakara, we, 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 you know, we, we are talking to and we're, we're, we're putting rail information of live rail connections uh, time about live rail collection times inside our buses and we really want railway people to do that with with tell to tell to tell rail customers the live the live times of buses outside stations as well and it's all this sort of you know just just wider thinking of if we really want to be people part of people's lifestyle they've got to sort of fall into the bus it's got to catch them it's got to make them feel special it's got to be part of their life it's got to help make things better it can't be seen as something that people feel they have to use and, and again, in Harrogate, we're working off a really great basis from from where we've been, and that fifty five percent of people in Harrogate have a car. Um, um, sorry, of our customers, fifty five percent of them have a car. So we are we are getting to that mindset of trying to say to people, or, or people are already in that mindset of choosing the bus, even though they've got a car. And I think you can only truly do that 
if your brand of the insert town here's bus company truly is and at one with the fact it is in that town and wants to play a part in the town's success the best thing about the town <laughs> you sound like my boss <laughs> um, <laughs> um no i think um we you can tell how i'm stuttering stammering all over the place that the real answer to this question is no but actually um i think it's about we start off with that written down saying we want to be part we want to we you know that's 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 where we want the, the company to be and then actually there's lots of things that filter in for that so it's almost like if you know we start on the basis of you know we want to be the best things about the town city well what do we do to achieve that well you know we we, we start particularly from the position we're in now of producer prospectus of talking to everybody in our town are we talking to everybody here's all the people we want to talk to what are the outcomes we want from that is it funding is it better information on planning is it is it use of their data um is it is it obvious wins that we think are there like some of the integration stuff we're doing with um the rail operators and so yes we have uh, we, we 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 measure it by breaking it down into various tasks and on successful completion of those tasks and i guess the, the true answer for where we get to with the completion of each of those tasks is how is that benefiting customers how is that getting customer growth and i think every question we ask ourselves when we're trying to feed that vision is are we meeting are we meeting that you know we we don't we don't really want to measure our success in sort of press column inches and things like that we want to measure our successes is that lands to the point that that will that will get more people on buses and will it make our existing customers feel happier that they're using our services my accountant moved from east london to harrogate last year so i'll ask him what he thinks of the bus there's there's, there's, there's your first data point i'll let, I'll let you know <laughs> Thank you. One one thing that I wanted to chat about quickly was um, clean, safe, and ready to go. Because yeah, last year I was really struck. I can't remember what month it was that you introduced that slogan, but I remember. You know, I, I'm a Londoner, and the perception around here was absolutely do not go near public transport. It is you are not allowed. It is not safe. This is a bad idea. And I was seeing what you were doing up there, which was absolutely the opposite message and it was about a sense of confidence um that at the time with the, the pandemic must have been not an obvious decision to make no um and i think we you know we were surrounded by um by negative messages and of course the government managed to land the strongest message and a very simple message of, of avoid public transport and i think when that landed we thought well we, we can't have this um you know I, i'm not having this you know, we haven't we haven't made buses attractive and a go-to form of transport for people if then we're trying to make it uncomfortable for people to use and we have to remember at the time you know uh, and we weren't trying to advertise that people should go and enjoy days out in scarborough well as a pandemic on what we were trying to say to people is which was what what the um where the industry actually was behind the scenes we were all saying that the, the great acknowledgement we did get that, that sadly Boris didn't shout out as loud as he said, avoid public transport, was that you know public transport is a key part of the nation's infrastructure here. And so the government will support it. It will help fund it to make sure that we can put, 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 put buses on the road and we can make sure that, um, that we carry on providing services because there are people out there that need us, because the key workers need us, people that need to connect um, with, with, with shopping, 
uh, pharmacies and all those kind of essential journeys that had to be made that we were being paid by the government to enable us to make. So why would we then say, well, avoid put transport? If we're all going to all this effort and our amazing drivers every day were going out there and driving the buses still while there was a pandemic on it. If you remember back in April and May, it was a bit scary out there. And to be fair to all our drivers, they came in and they went to work. And that was a, a true, that was the point that we thought, well, actually, the drive, you know, we're doing this. And I should also add, I've made a point every day during the pandemic of I come to work because I want to make sure I'm supporting our drivers. I'm here when they need to have a chat with them. They see Macario and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but we got over that. I think the industry, everyone and all the people in the industry deserve that huge credit for the fact that everybody carried on coming to work when we quite, quite frankly at that time didn't know um, as much as we do now about the virus, but they carried on. Um, and then I think, well, we're going to all this effort. The government is funding bus services. We know we need to get key workers to work. We know the essential changes need to be made. So why are we then saying avoid public transport? That doesn't make sense to me. And of course, as well, at the same time, we were going to another load of effort of making buses clean and safe. We'd invested in um, the, this, this um, misting uh, at night. There big, we were one of the first to do so. Um, we followed in um, Give Ensign Bus all the credit of the world. They were the first to put um, sanitizers on, on, on their buses. We followed them. We did that very quickly as well. Um, and we think well, we'll go into all this effort, as well as the effort we normally go to to make buses pleasant places to be, that, <laughs> that actually the slogan sort of fell out of our mouths. Well, we're clean, we're safe. And we're ready. Uh, we're clean, safe, ready to go. So why don't we actually tell people that? And then what we did as part of the campaign, we thought, well, actually, just write in those words. <laughs> when, you, when you know you're really doing it, let's really show everyone we're doing it. So, you know, we made a point of, of celebrating um, all the great efforts our cleaning colleagues were doing, both in the depots and out in the bus stations in between journeys. Um, we... Um, we, thanks to um, Luke, our fantastic video guy, we produced this great video go around every single depot showing the life of uh, um, um, our colleagues during the day and our buses during the day to show all the things we were doing to make it clean and safe for everyone. And that really um, landed. And, and I think, you know, it all started from, 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 from us saying that, you know, we are here, we've gone to great effort to make buses clean and safe. This is the message we need to tell everyone. Um, and then actually that's because there are people who who are using it and we want to make them feel comfortable because there can't be anything worse than these people have to sit in a bus surrounded by what looks like a crime scene and Boris's voice in their ear saying avoid public transport. So we wanted to a create, make sure the environment was still nice on board. So we avoided all the yellow and black tape everywhere. And we kept on shouting clean, safe, ready to go in their ear as well. And we made sure that the drivers, as they usually are, appear we're smiling and we're welcoming people on board. And that was the right environment for people who were equally going about their lives in a, in a way that there was still a bit of fear around. So, you know, we had to, we just had to be more positive um, and, and actually not just be positive and because words, we had to back her up and prove what we were doing to back her up, which I believe we did. Did you get any pushback? Um, I don't think we did actually. Um, we. We, we've never had, as a result of that statement, had any pushback. And, and I think as, as time went on, and I think, you know, again, to give the industry credit, you know, w w there was a lot of lobbying going on behind the scenes. And, and I think we also saw as well that, that the people we were dealing with at, at the DFT, you know, did did move and did 
try and get in, in the mindset to, 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 to remove the avoid transport message as, as soon as they could. So I, I don't I don't think we did. I think we've got I think the difficulty is as well, what one of our difficulties is because we were an interurban network as well as local town network, when of course we're saying clean, safe, ready to go, and you know, one of our buses happens to run from Leeds all the way out to the coast. There were there were a few people saying, "Aren't you encouraging people to make days out?" And I say, "Well, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm saying we're clean, safe, ready to go, and this happens to be the network I'm running." But we didn't do anything to to encourage um, needless leisure journeys until until the time was right, um, and then when the time was right, um, we we linked into the Etown to Help Out thing. You know whether that was the right thing or not in hindsight. Um, you know. I mean, whether retail to help out thing was not, um, you know, was was the right thing more than necessarily what, what, what our views were. But you know, we we made sure we we only moved really when things became more relaxed and other people got relaxed, and certainly the virus appeared to calm down. That was when we did try and get people to to come back to bus in a bold way, and that was when we did change message to, to saying back to bus. But I don't think we we ever changed it sooner than than we had to, and I think therefore. You know, we we didn't get we didn't get the pushback that 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 you're right. We may have got considering that the message was very much clashing with with, with certainly what you're quoting um, was happening down in London. And did you did you feel any frustration that sort of the rest of the industry wasn't being more um, shouty about the fact that yeah, I mean, the, 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 these efforts you were making, I think, were being made in lots of other places as well, but people weren't talking about them publicly, and therefore the message of don't use public transport was allowed to get out. Um, well, I think everyone's entitled to, to run their businesses in the ways they, they, they see fit, aren't they? And I think, um, I mean, we're, we're in, our, in our localities, we, we were pushing that. And of course, there wasn't any other sort of harsh contrasting noise that was, that was happening around us. So our message was appearing to land. Um, I guess, yes, it would have been great if we could, you know, all unite with that, that kind of message very quickly. I think you know the industry, you know other others were doing it alongside us, as you say, and then I think others in the end did did come through, um, you know, did come through and 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 changed and changed also. Um, but it's, um, I guess, again, it's probably linked to one of your earlier questions. You know, we're part of a big multinational business, but I wouldn't say we're corporate, and so the decisions that we're making were really local decisions made alongside our colleagues on the ground, made knowing, you know, the kind of people that we're serving and, and the kind of people that we're working with um, in terms of parts and stakeholders. And so that was why we had confidence that the decision would land well. I think maybe sometimes there is a danger that if there is um, more of a corporate decision being made, that there is a little bit more of that reticence to be bold, perhaps. Um, but But certainly, you know, we, we we do have a bit more free reign at Transdev to act and move quickly if we think that's the right thing locally. Do you think? Can you tell if it made a difference? You the fact that you were so front footed about clean, safe, ready to go. You know, have you any way of measuring that? That I think I think the fact that we we got up in in the summer we got we got up to um, our, our peak of sixty five percent recovery in customer numbers. So sixty five percent of customers compared to the year before, and I'm led to believe that was. Um, you know, other companies did get similar numbers, but it, it, it was towards the higher end. Now, who's to say whether that's because of the kind of demographics that we serve and we exist in, 
um, or or whether that was because our messages were were as bold as they were. It is one of those things that I, I can't tell you. I know that obviously we don't you know we don't have to rely on lots and lots of um, of of of, um, of big of, of of office industry type um, type commuting um, on, on a lot of the services we run. You know we, we rely on you know lots of our commuters are working in in either heavy industry or in small or in smaller towns that that aren't packed with you know huge sky rise office blocks where people are continuing to work from home. So there is some um, argument as to whether that's to do with our demographics, uh, but it's one of those where, well, the fact that we got up to that number, well, we'd do it again, wouldn't we? Because if that was, if that could have been an influence, let's say it was, and let's let's make sure we do that again, because if it got us to the right answer, um, whether it was that that did it or whether it was the kind of areas that we serve and the kind of customers that we have in in some quite traditional market towns and so on, um, who, who's to say? But it worked. It got us. It got us up to the kind of higher numbers that the industry was was experiencing. So tick, you know, we, we'll take that one. We'll wrap up in a minute, but one final question from me. Is there any lessons from the last, the extraordinary last 12 months that we've been through um, that you think you'll take through personally and that the wider industry should take forward? Um, I think I think believing in your people, um, I think, is is the lesson. I mean, I mentioned before about that that pivotal moment when when people carried on coming to work, um, when when we were really unsure about what this virus was all about and how it was being transmitted and, and and conducted around the community, but people came to it, and that 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 showed me a lot. Did it did it probably surprise me to think about it? No, I said because actually, our, our you know our people and generally the bus industry, uh, you know, is filled with quite a resilient bunch of people. Uh, but it's certainly it's certainly an experience that 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 you know the experience of feeling that when it happened was something I won't I won't forget. And and as well as 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 a lesson carry on just over communicating i think one thing that certainly colleagues customers and stakeholders appreciated throughout this was that we um we we moved quickly we told people what we were doing we told people why we were doing it and even in spite of the the great frustration that you can't travel around and meet people face to face at the moment and we can't go around all the depots and see people and i can't sit and have cups of coffee with stakeholders and so on was that find other ways of, of communicating but I think on the whole, the industry proved, um, the bus industry proved how resilient it was, how adaptive it was, how dynamic it was. And I think, you know, props to um, local government, national government, because they work with us and they trusted us to do it. And then we got ahead and do it. So I guess going forward, A, a lesson that, you know, people are with you and, and we'll get on with things in spite of the fear or the dangers that exist out there. Everyone got on with it and, you know, huge appreciation to everybody that did. But also as well, we've proved now that we can be dynamic. We can move quickly. We've proved we could do partnership. Local authorities have proved they could trust us. You know, we need to bottle that and make sure we now use that to get out of this. And also as well, I hope that, you know, that support remains to make sure we don't have a beaching moment and we don't start cutting services because passengers take longer to um, come back to us than they may do. But actually, we now use everything we've learned, use the people power, use the trust, use the dynamism to make sure that we then um, we then we then grow back strong and we have a resilient, strong industry to make sure we can then be the answer 
to the problems our towns and cities have, congestion, emissions, and actually how we can be a real problem solver to people going forward. We've got all those, all those pieces hopefully in place to ensure, ensure that we do that. But again, as an industry, I think we need to have this strong message of saying, we don't just want to make buses great. We want to enable buses to make our towns and cities great. And that's where the opportunities surely are to make sure the bus comes out of this fighting and, and is resilient and sustainable going into the future. What's your next crazy press stunt planned? <laughs> well, it's snowing at the moment, but you can't, you, you, you can't play about a bit at the moment. Have you? We've got to all behave at the moment. Um, but but I, I, I'm not sure. Um, we might, we, we, we've, got, we've still got a few plans this year, pandemic or not. There's still a few things we want to do. Oh, I thought you could go and build a snowman shape like Alex Hornby. <laughs> well, that'd be the first one to get knocked down, wouldn't it? With a transdev face mask over the front. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for, for joining us for this, Alex. I've really enjoyed it. Great. And you, Tom. It's always great to speak to um, a like-minded, crazy transport person doing great things. Well, that's it for today, I'm afraid. Thank you very much to Alex for joining us and thank you to you for joining us. Next week, I'm joined by Andrew Adonis, the former Labour Transport Secretary. But in the meantime, if you get two minutes, please do rate and review the Freewheeling podcast, which is new. And also drop me a line with your feedback. I'm at thomas at thomasableman.com or on the social platforms with the Twitter handle Thomas Abelman. I'd love to hear from you. What do you like? What do you don't like? What would you like to see differently? See you next week. Bye.